Shalom, this is Sid Roth, and I have to tell you something that happened a few days ago, because with all the wonderful blessings that are occurring in this ministry, to me, to me, this is the most exciting blessing. It's, uh, I know God's uh, using the book, a million of the Jewish testimony books are out, but you know, when you actually can see something happen right before your very eyes, and let me tell you about this. I was out having dinner with a friend, and I had a word of knowledge, just out of the blue. I heard neck, and and I know what that means. That means someone's neck is healed. So I asked my friend uh, that I was having dinner with, do you have anything wrong with your neck? And he said, no. Uh, so then the waitress comes up, and I said to her, uh, do you have anything wrong with your neck? And she looked at me like I was slightly crazy. Uh, and then I said, well, do you know any of the other staff? And and I figured I was covered here because people, you know, if you have a large number of people, someone's going to have a neck ache. I said, any members of your staff have any neck aches? No. I thought, oh, you just don't know. But I'll I'll just leave it alone. Then the manager came up to our table, and he and as he he you know he goes at various tables and said, how are things going? Everything fine? And he came up to my table, and I said, do you have a neck ache? Uh, and uh, he said, yes. And then I said, what's your religion? And he said, I don't have a religion. And I said, what were your parents? And he said, Jewish. And in fact, that was bar mitzvah. And then I uh, gave him a bit of my testimony, and out of his mouth, and I, I, I've never had this happen before. I think it was a sign from God to me to tell you. This is what he said. I have a neck ache, and if you pray for me in Jesus' name, and the pain goes, I will believe Jesus is who you say he is. Never had that happen before. I knew he didn't know anything about Jesus. So I pray for him, and guess what? The pain left. He was ecstatic. Now, this may surprise you. I did not lead him to the Messiah instantly at that moment, because I knew he didn't know anything. I said, look, I wrote a book about the story I started to tell you and uh, nine other Jewish people that had encounters with the Lord. Will you read this book? He said, get it to me. I really want to read it. And I said, okay, and then I want you to contact me after you read it. Now, I believe he's going to read it. I dropped the book off. He wasn't there uh, the next day. I believe he's going to read it. And by the way, I gave him my cell number. I believe he's going to call me. And I believe that he's going to become a believer and his whole family are going to become believers. And I, I just have to believe this is God's way of showing me time after time after time. This is his season to have mercy on Jewish people. And, you know, I gave a talk recently for the largest umbrella organization of Jewish believers in Jesus throughout the world, the Messianic Jewish uh, Alliance. And the subject I spoke on was how to be normal. What I just described is abnormal to most Christians. Forget witnessing to Jewish people. It's abnormal to witness to people. But if you really believe there was a hell, and I know you do, if you really believe that you're talking to someone that 
may never have an opportunity to believe in Jesus, then of course you would. If you saw someone take some iced tea and someone slipped some arsenic in it while they weren't looking, you, you would rip it out of their hands, wouldn't you? I would. Of course you would. Well, it's just as serious for someone to co- come to know Jesus. And if you don't share, who's going to? And I can tell you as a fact, coming from the Jewish community, uh, that I was 30 years of age before anyone was bold enough to tell me Jesus was my Messiah. Now, I might have ripped their head off if they told me that. I might have been very upset with them, but I never even had an opportunity. And by the way, speaking at the Messianic Jewish Alliance Conference, it was such a move of God's Spirit. There were so many people healed. But I have to tell you, I invited a nephew who brought his oldest son. I think his son was maybe nine years old. Uh, and his uh, and they're going to a church that uh, doesn't talk much about supernatural gifting. They've never seen a healing. And so, I, I, I don't remember the exact number. Fifty, sixty people raised their hand. They were instantly healed. Most of them came forward and shared their testimonies. And, and my nephew said that his son was blown away. That he had, he, it wasn't in his little brain's paradigm that God does miracles today. And I'm going to tell you something. It's not in the paradigm of most people who call themselves Christians. That's why I'm so glad that you're getting mentored uh, in, in everything that we're talking about. Uh, there was, and then at the end of this conference, uh, this is so wonderful. Uh, there's a Messianic Jewish worship group. It's called Kol Simcha. And, and they're magnificent. They've been around for 25, 30 years. And the lead tenor, his name is Mark Dion. And everyone knows him because for, the, for years he's been singing in this, in this worship group. And so he, he broke his kneecap. And he was hobbling around this conference with a brace on his knee, with crutches, uh, and all of a sudden, and since everyone knows him, it, it had more meaning. All of a sudden, he gets up, he takes his knee brace off, he he puts his crutches down, and he runs around the auditorium. I mean, there were over a thousand people in the auditorium. They went wild. I mean, it was it was the most wonderful thing. And then he came up, and I said, Mark, hand me your knee brace. And he hands me the knee brace, and I said, I'm not going to give it back to you. And he walks back to, to his seat. But I have to tell you, I know I would not be involved in the ministry I'm involved in right now. I know this. If I hadn't prophesied it, and prayed for everything that's going on today for hours and hours and hours in supernatural languages when I was a new believer. And I have to tell you, I kind of got away from it. But when I interview people that, that the most phenomenal things happen in their life from praying in tongues, do you know we're coming into a season right now that if you will pray in tongues, God is going to open up your spiritual vision and you're going to see things that he wants you to do for him that would never cross your path. 
Because when you pray in tongues, it actually says in the Greek, you edify yourself, which means it's sort of like a car charges its battery. You charge the battery of your spirit. And if you can pray in tongues every day for one hour, it will dramatically change your life. Look, if you hurt your shoulder and you go to a physical therapist, and you have to go three times a week, and then the physical therapist gives you exercises to do. You'll end up doing your exercises and your physical therapy for an hour a day, and you won't think anything of it because you know you're going to get a benefit from it. Or how much more if you took an hour a day and didn't watch so much television, except for it's supernatural, of course, and didn't watch so much television and prayed in tongues. You can do it. Look, if I can do it, you can do it. We all can do it. But there is someone that doesn't want you to do it. it do, this someone doesn't want me to do it. He's in the invisible world. And he'll say, you deserve to relax. You've worked hard all day. Just unwind. I can just picture him speaking to you right now. You know how I can picture it? He does it to me. Well, I'm, I'm going to put a tremendous coach on for you right now that will motivate you to speak in supernatural languages. His name is Corey Russell. And interestingly enough, Corey said to me, he, he's one of the leaders at IHOP, International House of Prayer in Kansas City, and he, uh, he prays in tongues something like five or six hours every day. Now, I'm not telling you to do that, but he said they have turned up the level of prayer for Israel. Why? Because Jesus is returning to only one city in the world, Jerusalem. Jesus is going to rule from only one city in the world, Jerusalem. All the end-time events are going to happen centered on one city in the world, Jerusalem. So if he's coming soon, as I believe he is, and if you are his best, his best, and I believe you are, give him an hour a day. Let's go to the interview with Corey Russell. My guest, Corey Russell, is talking about a subject that it's almost evaporated from the church today. Now, I know it hasn't. But the overall church, it's almost evaporated. And as I understand it from the best source book I know, the Bible, everyone spoke in supernatural languages in the first church. And since God doesn't change, I'll give you one, one guess who's done the changing. Now, Corey, for people to get to know you just a, a little bit, uh, you're you're quite a uh, prayer warrior. What, what in my notes say you spend what about fifteen, eighteen hours a week in uh, in prayer? Well, I mean, at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, I mean, more like you know, just by right of my schedule, I probably spend around thirty to forty hours a week in prayer. My goodness, eighteen would have been enough. But thirty—that that's a <laughs> lot of prayer. And I, just because, uh, you know, you're kind of wetting my curiosity, um, it takes a unique person to put that amount of time in prayer. Or do you think anyone could? And do you think everyone should? Oh, I totally do. Isaiah 56, you know, the Lord Isaiah prophesies. He says, I'm going to make them joyful in my house of prayer. And, you know, in Kansas City, as the Lord's doing it all over the earth, 
what we're finding joy in is the mixture of music, singing, musicians, prophetic singing, mixing it with praying. And there's such a joy and an ease, and hours just pass, and you don't even realize that, that time's flown by while you're connecting with the Lord the whole time. So it sounds really, it sounds real, you know, heroic and real awesome, but when you've got anointed music in the background and singers singing songs right from the Word of God, your heart just soars, and it's it's a wonderful uh, occupation that I've been blessed to be a part of. Now, now, you told me something else before we went on the air, and that is that the level of prayer when you're praying for Israel has been, in recent weeks and months, dramatically increasing. Uh, do you believe that God's up to something significant in Israel? Is that why that's going on? Oh, very significant. I mean, we've been praying from everything from, you know, what's going on with Israel in the Middle East, as well as, you know, President Obama's meetings with Netanyahu and the recent meetings. And the Lord, whenever we focus in on these prayer topics for Israel and God's heart for Israel, I don't know how to explain it. I've been a part of the House of Prayer for the last 11 and a half years, and it's like, the Lord's heart is just coming down on the room and catching up 500 intercessors into his heart. And I feel such faith for salvation to break in like no other time. And the salvation of, you know, Jews all over the land, both in Israel and all through the nations. I, I have been having this feeling, uh, Corey, that Israel, uh, despite all rationale and logic, is as ripe as they've ever been in history for a revival. And I can literally picture the young people in Israel getting on fire for the Lord. Yeah, well, I'll tell you as an intercessor who's in the prayer room and seeing it from that vantage point that I know when, when, when the Lord moves on us in this way and I feel like he's praying through us, I know it's the time. It's just one of those seasons and we need to be expecting and believing for just mass revival and salvation to break out. Well, I have to tell you, as I look at things uh, with the U.S., the, the decline in morality, uh, the um, uh, economic problems, the uh, potential war problems in uh, uh, militant uh, Islamists, uh, and uh, and uh, all the things that are going on that are almost happening so fast and so unbelievable, I don't even focus at that on that anymore. I focus on Jesus is coming back soon, and he is extending mercy to people like never before, and we're about ready to see the greatest revival the world's ever seen. I can picture miracles like we've only dreamt about, like people with missing limbs, the whole limbs coming out. Uh, do you have any sense along those lines? Uh, I've I've never been as stirred for that reality like I am right now. I mean, even just reviewing our own prophetic history here in Kansas City, as well as just looking what the Lord's doing, we are in a season of great expectation. I feel one of those contractions of the Holy Spirit pushing through with a fresh wave, you know, all I can say is this is what we're made for. I believe we're moving into the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit that the world's ever seen. And at the same time, as we've seen through history, outpourings are accompanied by shakings and by, you know, disruption in, in all kinds of different uh, uh, different levels in society. And I think it's creation's grown, 
It's the groan of the Spirit within us, the groan in heaven, and it's one of those convergent seasons that's going to result with uh, with Jesus returning to the planet. I'm so excited. Uh, how old are you? I'm 35. Okay, you're a young man. Everything's relative, but you you are a young man. But I believe Jesus. Uh, but I'm 71, and I believe Jesus is returning in my lifetime. And I never believed that before. I, oh, I might have said it, but I didn't really believe it in my heart of hearts. But I believe that in my heart of hearts, that this is the generation he's returning in. I believe it, too. That's what I'm living my life for and putting all my eggs into that basket of preparing my own life and preparing my family, my children, and the ones that are coming to uh, to get into this kind of mindset and heart. Uh, oh, oh, okay, Let, let's learn a little bit about you. You came from a loving, godly family. Uh, and uh, how in the world, when you got on your own in college, did you get into to drugs and alcohol and, uh, and sexual uh, sin? And I, I mean, coming from that type of family, how'd that happen? Well, it's that I never met Jesus. You know, I had a great family. You know, you go to church, but you never truly encountered the man and spent, you know, the teenage years, just a normal boy in, in, in high school, a normal jock in high school, good athlete, did well in grades. But I never had a personal relationship. I go off to college, my first year in college. Uh, by the way, I I feel so sorry, sad is the word, for kids in college today. I mean, I, I graduated college, but what is going on in the colleges today, from the professors to the uh, sexual promiscuity to uh, homosexuality being normal, uh, I don't know how a kid can make it if they don't really know Jesus. Well, I think that's really the issue right there, Sid, is I think the, the religious games and just attending once a week to a to a service and hearing nice things and being even associated with people that know him, We've got to understand that there's an all-out war, not when they're 18, 19, 20, but there's an all-out war at 5, 6, and 7 that the parents have to win in the place of prayer, in the place of modeling it, in the place of living it. And I feel like we're what we're seeing happen is that kids are bebopping or just heading off to college with no real depth in Jesus, and they're getting slaughtered by the spirit of the age, by by so many uh, areas, humanism, there's so many things that are vying, and it's because they've never truly encountered the man. And that's uh, what it comes down to, and I, and I feel like we've got to win them in those early years. Uh, well, well I, I have a great sadness in my heart with what these kids have to be going through right now. Uh, but let's get back to you. Uh, in college, you have a best friend, and your best friend happens to be your supplier of drugs. And by this time, uh, you're a hardcore drug addict, and he gets saved, and you get offended. Why? Well, because, well, I mean, to, to preface that, he had an intercessor praying mom who prayed all the time. My parents prayed. But the, the reason I got offended was because I had hung out with him, put up with all of his mess for all these years, and and in my opinion, the last thing you want to do is get saved at 20. That's something you do at 28, 29, when you're ready to settle down, have a family. I felt like Christians, my view of Christians, where they were the most boring people on the, place, on, the, on the planet. It wasn't that I had anything against Christians. It was that they seemed boring to me. And, and I felt betrayed by him when he gave his life to Jesus. And 
I wanted nothing to do with him. So, you know, two weeks later, he shows up at college where I was at. He takes me to lunch, and he begins to share with me that he went through a season to where the spirit realm was opened up to him, where he was seeing angels and demons, seeing what was controlling people. And he told me that for that season that he was seeing that I was being controlled by real demons, by real spirits that I didn't know about. And he says it culminated on the very last night we had been partying, and the voice of the Lord broke in the middle of our party. And the Lord said that Satan is raising up an army, but I'm raising up an army too, and I'm calling you out tonight. And I want you to go call your friends out. And so he's telling me this over lunch, telling me, say, Corey, give your life to Jesus. By this time, I had two DWIs. My license was gone. And I said, no, just take me back to school. He drives back to the college, and I'm about to get out of the, the van in the parking lot. And right before I do, the Holy Spirit fills the van, and I begin to shake violently like I'm having a seizure. Um, and I begin to be aware. Of, well, one, there was just I began to see flashes of light between light and darkness. What I felt in that moment, Sid, is I felt the value and the power and the real battle over every soul. That there was a real battle in the spirit realm over every soul, and I could see a tug of war between light and darkness over me. We were listening to Corey Russell on yesterday's broadcast. He came from a loving, godly family, but he went kind of berserk like most kids do when he went to college, got into hardcore drug addiction and uh, alcohol and uh, sexual sins, uh, and uh, he, he was addicted. And his main supplier, who he used to do drugs with and everything, his best friend, Zach, becomes a Christian. How? He had a praying mother. And as a matter of fact, Corey had praying parents. And so uh, he confronted Corey. And what did he, tell me again, what did he say uh, to you that uh, actually it probably upset you uh, when you were with him? Yeah, he, he told me, because he was in a four-month season, said to where literally he just checked out. He wasn't the same anymore. He wouldn't talk to people normally, and he would just look off in the distance. And he told me, you know, later on after that, he said that he was seeing in the spirit realm, he was seeing angels and demons, and he says, the very last night, he said, we were shut up in a little uh, house partying, and he says, the voice of the Lord broke in, and the Lord said, Satan is raising up an army, but I'm raising up an army too, and I'm calling you out tonight, and I want you to go call your friends out. So he tells me this. And I say, just take me back to school. And, and he took me back to school. And I'm, uh, wait a second. I bet you didn't say it that way. I bet you were as irritated as a human could be. Oh, totally. I think we probably cussed at each other and said, just get <laughs> me out of here and whatever. And I just, you know, I didn't want anything to do with him. I just said that was my last straw was that lunch as far as trying to befriend him. And I felt betrayed. You know, I was really hurt. And um, so we pull back into the uh, parking lot, and I'm about to get out of the van, and, and the Holy Spirit fills the van. I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit at the time. I just felt some presence come into the van. And uh, um, and before I know it, I'm beginning to shake violently like I'm having a seizure. My friend pulls in the back of the parking lot, and he starts praying, and he, and he just went right forward. He goes, in the name of Jesus, I bind the Antichrist spirit. I bind the Antichrist spirit. As soon as he binds the spirit, it manifests into a chokehold around my throat. And I can't breathe at that moment. I couldn't breathe, but I knew I had to get out the name Jesus. So I go to say the name Jesus, but I tried to say it, and all I could get out was G's. 
geez, and the thing kept getting tighter. I tried five, six, seven times trying to say the name Jesus, but the hole would not let me say his name. Finally, I just took a deep breath with all the power in me, just yelled, Jesus, like that, Jesus. And the hole just broke right off of me. And it was like someone came and breathed into my mouth. And my friend jumped out of the van dancing, giving glory to God. And and I sat there for about five minutes, kept saying, I've got air, I've got air, I've got air. And after a couple of minutes, I heard a voice come into my mind. And the voice says, now get down on the pavement and give me your life, your mind. Just like that. And there was, you know, kids running everywhere to college parking lot. By those days, you know, we were fully gone. You know, sticking needles in our veins, smoke a bag a day, drink a case a day, throw away our sexuality throughout teenage years. And I laid on that February 18th, 1997, I laid on that uh, concrete in that uh, parking lot, cried out to Jesus and gave him my life. And he, in that moment, completely saved, delivered me of all drugs, all the detox, all the after effects from it. Uh, No withdrawal? I was set free from everything right there. Hmm. I mean... I never had another, uh, any, another, no, no other longing ever came back in me for it. Stripped it completely out of me. And, uh, um, and yeah, right there, it, it, you know, it just, it just exploded, which ensued in the next couple of months, a, fr- a whole bunch of friends who had similar encounters. And uh, we saw a small town move of God in Northwest Arkansas that my first six months was God breaking in five meetings a week till three in the morning. And I just got addicted to the presence of the Holy Spirit. And uh, it's still what's moving me to this day is what God did in that six-month season. Uh, let me take you back to this God encounter that was so strong, so powerful. You know what it sounds like? It sa- sounds to me like the same power that raised Messiah Jesus from the dead came and deposited itself in you drove out all the drugs, but uh, now were you baptized in the Holy Spirit at that moment? Yeah, I would say I was. I don't, not with the, you know, I, I wasn't just speaking in tongues on that day per se. It began to happen like the next few days in, in our revival services that began to explode. Now, just out of curiosity, your first encounter in speaking in tongues, uh, do you remember it and tell me what it was like? To be honest with you, Sid, I don't. I remember I laid on my back for six months, and I was speaking in tongues all the time from about day one or two out of the out of the chute. I, you know, again, in a revival culture, we were experiencing the presence of God all the time. So every time that I spoke in tongues, I felt like it, it increased his presence in my life. It just increased it, increased it, increased it, and, and that's really where I got sold to it. Now, now, you were in college at the time. However, your local high school had a bit of a revival. What happened? I ended up leading my little brother to the Lord, who was, you know, a leader in the school. And he just went crazy for Jesus in the school. And over the next six months, we saw half the high school get saved or brought back to the Lord. That, that's going to happen again. You know that. That's going to happen in high schools all over America. That's what my faith is telling me. Well, you know, that's exactly, that's the only thing I can believe for is for whole cities to come underneath the manifest presence of God in high schools, junior highs, elementary schools, for God to touch these campuses. I I have a question for you. Uh, Tongues is so powerful, and we're going to discuss uh, the benefits 
from uh, praying in supernatural languages and releasing the glory of God that's within you. Uh, and and every, I mean, the benefits are so amazing. Uh, tell me why people that have spoken in tongues, that have tasted of that glory, uh, have stopped. I, I mean, in most charismatic churches, they don't even baptize people in the Holy Spirit anymore. It's true. The things that the charismatics are most known for are the things that we do the least of. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's life. I think it's us getting away from keeping that fresh flow of the life of God and that fresh... You know, I, I, I just think a lot of the great deal of the church is just plain backslidden. That's what I think. But go ahead. Well, I, you know, I agree with you. And, you know, I just think, I think it's, you know, I think we've turned it into a badge. It, as far as you know, speaking in tongues. And yeah, I, yes, I spoke in tongues, and now let's go on to uh, another badge well, with the scouts. We see, we see it, <laughs> and that's the real issue: is we treat it like a badge that you get it or you don't got it, and that you move on from there to the deep or to other things in the kingdom. And we don't. I say it this way: I believe that tongues is the gateway, is the key into the realm of the supernatural. It's the key that unlocks that door into all the other gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, but many of us want to move on, but we don't understand that it's that humble reality of extended times of praying in the Holy Spirit that actually open us up to that realm. I, 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 let me tell you a quick story that is so amazing to me. I, I have a friend that's an evangelist, and uh, just out of the blue, after 20 years of marriage, few small children, wife picks up, leaves, leaves the Lord. He's devastated. Uh, and so he reached out, and he he was in a pit for a long time. And I kept talking to him, and I kept challenging him to speak in tongues. Well, he somehow, something I said worked. And he started praying in tongues one hour a day. And I tell you, he went from being an average Christian to, as far as I'm concerned, someone that's written about in the Bible, and I know it has to do with him praying one hour a day, every day, seven days a week in tongues. That's really not a lot to uh, for anyone to do to revolutionize their life. Oh, it, it's not at all. I mean, I think we have the clearest doorway into the greatest. I mean, the man who wrote pretty much the whole New Testament, the man who did more for Christianity than any single person, the Apostle Paul, said, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. He is giving us the clearest doorway into his devotional life, is that whether he was working, whether he was walking, whether he was in prison or preaching, the man lived in tongues. The man lived praying in tongues, communing with the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you that those same uh, times are available to us today. There, so, so many of us have 45-minute commutes to and from work every morning and evening. So many of us have those little gaps in our days just to say, Lord, for the next 25 minutes, the next 30 minutes, I'm just going to pray in tongues and just set my eyes on you, turn off the radio, turn off the phone, and connect with you. And I have never been disappointed, you know, in 15 years of walking with him, of doing that and of giving myself to that. And, I, and I, it's a lot easier than, it, than, than a lot of us project. We think it's so much bigger than it actually is. And it's very simple. It's just giving and opening up and taking advantage of the gaps that we have in our day. 
and I like the way you say this, we're not just speaking a language into the air. We're talking to God. Uh, elaborate just for a moment. Well, I mean, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, he says that when a man speaks in tongues, he doesn't speak to men. He speaks to God. I want you to know right now that we have a direct phone line to the creator of the universe. To the president of the universe, you and I, by the right of the indwelling Holy Spirit and by right of that heavenly language, we have a direct phone line to speak directly to God. And and not only is it a direct phone line, everything you say is perfect because it does a mind bypass and is calling spirit to spirit. It's exactly right. Spirit to spirit. Whoops, we're exactly out of time. Now... It is so mandatory for you to develop your spirit. Uh, Corey Russell, we were talking about uh, the benefits of praying in tongues. What does Paul mean when he says that we edify ourselves when we pray in the spirit? Yeah, I, I, uh, I think when he talks about edifying, I know that word edify comes from the Greek word edifice, which means massive, magnificent building. And I believe that when I'm praying in the Holy Spirit for those extended periods of time, and I, and I want to note extended periods of time. Many of us only speak in tongues when we fall down at the altar or when we feel the Lord. But I want to give us a vision to begin to step out in it, even when we don't feel God, even when it's dry, when it's a 5.30 in the morning with a cup of coffee or life's just, you know, just beginning to build ourselves and beginning to strengthen ourselves because I actually believe that we're building a house to house the activity, the person, and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. And that that word edify, the way I picture it is the way that you would charge your battery by a cord, charge your your, your computer into a a source, a power source. When I'm praying in the Holy Spirit, when I'm praying in tongues, I am plugging my spirit man into the Spirit of God who lives within me, and I'm receiving, I'm trading my strength for his strength. I'm trading my might, my resources, for the resources, might, and power of the Holy Spirit. And he literally comes and supercharges my inner man, which thereby changes my thought life, changes my emotional chemistry, changes my desires, and changes my body. That I live by the Spirit. I live according to my spirit man who brings revolution to the rest of my life. So that edify, I, you know, this is the issue, Sid. That it says in Luke 180 that John the Baptist went into the wilderness and became strong in spirit. He became strong in spirit. Many of us were in such a fitness craze here in this nation. Everybody wants to get physically fit, and I love it. But many believers are spiritually weak. Many of us live on life support because we haven't learned to build our spirit man with the same intentionality of building our physical man. I I believe it's so critical right now because of the times we're living in, the footsteps of Messiah. Uh, I I, I don't think, maybe it was a degree of an option before. I see it as zero option because uh, I find that praying in tongues makes me more sensitive uh, to the Spirit of God. And uh, uh, we're going to get to this country where we're going to have to hear from God, and our life could be at stake. Uh, I totally believe it. I'm even thinking about the Romans 11, the fullness of the Gentiles to the provocation of Israel. And this fullness corporately of the Gentiles, 
I believe that I believe that that praying in the Holy Spirit is what's going to build us individually, unto us being built corporately, unto a fullness touching the Gentile church all over the earth. And 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 so I believe it's mandatory. It's not a. It's nice. It's kind of cool. I believe it's utterly mandatory in this hour that we cultivate extended times of praying in the Holy Spirit for the strength as well as many other benefits that are laid out in the Word of God. Uh, what should we be doing when we're praying in tongues? Uh, should we just be zoning out? Should we have a focal point? What do you recommend? Yeah, I believe because it says in First Corinthians 14 that we speak to God. Many of us, and as we'd all, you know, confess, we get easily distracted. I get distracted. You, everybody gets distracted. And what I have found is that I love to have the focal point that I'm speaking straight to God. I feel with my mind's eye. There's two focal points that I have whenever I'm praying in tongues. The first one is it's Revelation 4, God sitting on the throne. It says in Revelation 4 that God is sitting on the throne. And whenever I'll close my eyes. And I'll picture myself in my mind's eye standing on the sea of glass, mingle with fire in Revelation 4. And I will speak from my spirit to God on the throne, and, and I will just keep that. Whenever my mind wanders, I'll always bring it back, back to that. Many of us stop because we, we, we end up beating up ourselves because our minds get distracted and we get off on something else. We've got to stop condemning ourselves. And then whenever our minds wander, we just got to bring it back to its focal point. So I love to think about it like this, God on the throne, and then God in my spirit. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I love to focus on God on the throne, and then the fire of God living on the inside of my spirit. And I gaze on him within, and I speak to him. I commune with him. I receive from him, and I find that helps my heart stay focused and, and stay longer and, and bring it back to something when my mind's wandering. So that's a practical tool that I have found helped me, and that I've seen it help the weakest uh, of people across the board to uh, connect with God for extended periods of time. Now, uh, you're at the um, International House of Prayer, and of course I think of the founder, uh, Mike Bickle, and I didn't realize he came from a background in which uh, they didn't believe in tongues, and he had that experience, but he was going around uh, telling people it's not of God or don't do it. Uh, it's hard for me to believe that. H how did he have the spiritual scales come off of his eyes? Well, it's, pretty, it's a fascinating story because he, you know, he came from a pretty evangelical background, gotten saved in it. But there was a, uh, a local revival going on, and he went one night, and the power of God hit him that night. He falls back, and it just comes right out of him. Nobody told him anything about him. He just began to speak in tongues. Well, he went back to his leaders and says, oh, my goodness, this is what God's doing. He was taking busloads of kids to this revival. And the leader said, you know what? You, you got a hold of a demon. You got a hold of a devil here. And he goes, oh, my goodness, this must be the worst uh uh, the worst thing in the whole wide world. So he he got totally on the other side of the boat and began to preach against it. He'd go to campuses, college campuses, and different churches and say how tongues is not of God. But his, the pain that drove him is that he did this for like five years, but the pain that drove him is that he kept looking at 1 Corinthians fourteen eighteen and the Apostle Paul saying, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. 
And Mike was saying, how could the busiest man say such? How could the man who's done more for Christianity make such a statement? So Mike continued in his private life to keep praying in the Holy Spirit. And he gave himself to it for 30 minutes, an hour a day, for six months. And after that six-month season, he knew within his heart this was of God and that this was foundational to all of his life. And he's been doing it ever since. Now, now you it's have a, definitely a rocky boat until he hmm. came to that conclusion. Now, now you have studied uh, some great men and women of the past uh, and their experience with being baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. What did you learn from Jean G. Lake? Well, I tell you, nobody has rocked my life, impacted my life like John G. Lake, and uh, you know the great uh, missionary to South Africa, and then ended up in Spokane, Washington. And, and, and he gave this statement in his, uh, uh, in his sermons. He says this, that tongues was the making of his ministry. That phrase was like, a, like an arrow that went straight from the heart of God into mind. I, I've heard that so, from so many other people that became, uh, I hate to use the word, but uh, superstars uh, because no one else is willing to just pray in tongues for an hour a day. Uh, do that. For, let me challenge those that are listening. I'm going to tell you something. There is nothing you read in the New Testament. There is nothing you see on Christian TV that you can't do. It's, aren't you tired of being a spectator? Christianity was never designed to be spectator sport. What would happen, Corey, if everyone listening to me for 30 days would pray one hour in tongues? What do you think would happen to them? I will say it clearly to every one of you. Your life will be radically changed. I don't care whether you're, you're at home with two kids, you're in a factory, you're in the business place, you're on an assembly line. No matter what your calling is, I promise you that praying for an hour in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues for an hour a day will revolutionize your life. One, it will draw you closer to God. Number two, the Bible will begin to open up. Number three, the realm of dreams and visions will open up. You'll feel power to say no to sin. You'll feel power uh, uh, moving through you with words of knowledge and ministry. You'll find power over the works of the devil through warfare. What you'll, you'll find a greater level of holiness and character begin to grow up through your life. I give people this training. Everybody's into the 90-day challenge. We've got you know, P90X and all the kind of workout videos for 90 days. I'd say take 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and take those gaps throughout your day just to do it, whether it's folding clothes or at work. And I promise you, after about 20, what I found in my life, at about the 25 to 30-minute mark, the atmosphere begins to shift, and I move into a different place of communion, authority and faith and i can't live my life without touching it and no matter what your calling is in this life you will experience the same i promise you that corey russell uh is bringing back to your awareness those that have spoken in supernatural languages i like the way you put that the other day corey you said it's sort of like a badge for a boy scout uh uh you know sash they wear they put these little badges when they accomplish something but then they're finished with it and now they go on to a new badge well you're never supposed to be finished with this uh and so you have written a fresh new book that is so filled with the life of god called the glory within uh, and when people read this book, 
they'll get their first love back, and they'll begin to understand uh, why speak in tongues. Speak to that a little bit right now. Why should people be speaking in tongues, Corey? Well, I, I, I'll just tell you, going to the glory within, I mean, the greatest miracle that has or ever will take place was the day we were born again, and the Spirit of God came to live on the inside of you. And I just want to speak to all those who are listening that you were made as a dwelling place of God. He has come to live on the inside of you, and he longs for communion with you. you he designed you like a tabernacle, and you were made for intimacy and communion with God. And through the baptism of the Holy Spirit and this glorious heavenly language, it is that avenue, the place that you can realize intimate communion with your bridegroom God, Jesus Christ. You can experience the secrets of his heart. You can experience the thoughts of his heart. The spirit of revelation will open up over your life. You will experience power within as far as power without. And I have just been wrecked over all of these years because it's my desire at the end of the day is that we get a vision to fully connect with the person who lives within us. God has placed his very own self, his very own life within us. And he is longing for the full release of that life in us, through us, upon us, and all around us. And I believe that he wants to restore a vision of what we possess, what's available to us, and then through the power of speaking in tongues of how to access it. I say this often, Sid. I believe we've got a billion dollars living in our bellies. We know this treasure in earthen vessels. We have a billion dollars living within us. But the sad fact is that many believers only live on 20 cents a day. We live on 20 cents a day, living mostly devoid of true heartfelt connection with Holy Spirit. Uh, the Word of God is mostly boring. Relationships are mostly boring. Uh, the, the devil and the, and, the work, and the cycles of depression and fear and shame and, and the power of the devil continually hounds us. And we live mostly on the defensive in our, in our spiritual lives. And what I have found by speaking in tongues for extended periods of time is that I have found a supernatural life released in me and through me. The Word of God has never been more alive than it is right now. The spirit of prayer is upon me, and I'm also finding power over the works of darkness. It says in 1 John, for this reason, the Son of Man was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. And by the power of the Holy Spirit... I feel power and deliverance from cycles of fear. You know, I get into those funks sometimes. You know, we're all normal. We get into those swirls of, of, a, of a depression or a rejection or a shame. And what I've found is that if I will just detach, take a step back, set my eyes on Jesus and begin to give myself to 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes, an hour of speaking in tongues straight to God, I have found it. A hundred out of a hundred times over the last 15 years, every time that oppression has been broken off of me and a new clarity comes to my mind, a new spirit of faith comes upon me, and I'm able to rise above the storm. And just out of curiosity, speaking about storms, recently your daughter was sick with 105 degrees temperature. I mean, she was seriously sick. And what does her dad do? He prays in tongues. Why did you do that? I mean, this is what we do. I had her take communion. I said, we're going to focus on Jesus because it was either we were either going to the hospital and I just get angry. When sickness touches my family, I feel like a thief has broken into the home. 
And so I just, you know, I just we took communion, and then I just began to say, honey, I'm going to pray in tongues until this thing breaks. And it was about 25, in, 25 minutes in, I felt the release. I felt that sense of peace like I had prayed through, and we, she took her communion, and then we just watched. And over the next 15 minutes, it just lifted, and she was completely back to her. As a matter of fact, she actually began to sweat the fever out as I was praying in tongues. She actually sweated out of her body, and it left, and she was back to herself completely within 10 to 15 minutes. And and I, that's just one of those that, – that kind of stuff. I mean, it, we see storms get breakthrough like that all the time, and, 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 and that's why – that's always where I will always go in those kinds of seasons. Well, well you know, we uh, put together a special uh, two-CD series uh, called PTT – personal trainer for speaking in tongues and we interviewed some of the best of the best that have had encounters in speaking in tongues by the time someone finishes these two cds and by the time they finish your brand new book the glory within is so full of the freshness of the now of god's spirit i i believe that people are going to get their first love back and begin to do the basics that will cause them to fulfill their destiny on planet Earth. Uh, we interviewed uh, Joan Hunter, and uh, she's the daughter of Francis and Charles Hunter. Uh, and uh, what she told us something I wasn't aware of. Charles and Francis Hunter, they're in heaven now, but they moved in extraordinary miracles and healings. And this is what she said. She said that... Praying in tongues is the secret to their miracle ministry. Have you seen people healed as a result of praying in tongues? Why, why would they be healed if they pray in tongues? I believe it just brings in the kingdom of heaven. I believe you, when you pray in tongues, those mysteries are coming out of you, and you are literally calling down the kingdom of heaven to manifest in that given situation. And the kingdom of heaven, there is no sickness. And when the kingdom breaks in, sickness goes. I believe it's that. It, I've seen it happen many times with demonic oppressions, uh, demonic manifestations, uh, uh, cycles like that. You're bringing the kingdom in when you set that atmosphere by praying in tongues. I believe it builds your faith level to, to move a, 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 in that. I believe it's the gateway gift to uh, moving in, 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 in those greater uh, realms of power. Uh, you talk a lot about uh, when we pray in tongues, it literally gives us power over the enemy and in warfare. Elaborate a little on that. Well, that's exactly how I got thrust into praying in tongues was, you know, it, in my initial season. But where I really gave myself to it was in we had just moved to Kansas City, hardly had any money. It was a difficult season. Uh, we were having much oppression. Uh, my uh, baby was sick. And in that season, some out of frustration and others out of desperation, I just begin to say, I am going to pace in my apartment until I find a sense of peace and breakthrough come over my heart and over the family. And sometimes that would be 20 minutes, and other times that would be two hours. Uh, how, how do you sense that you've gotten through, that you, you have your breakthrough? Uh, you mentioned that. I would say that I'm, I, I feel a sense of peace come over my heart and my mind. Other ways is I feel like I'm able, prayers start coming out of me, proclamations about the greatness of God. 
declarations, and I feel like I've been able to, uh, most of it's just been learned, but you just sense that peace that comes to you, that rest that comes over you, and you feel freedom to proclaim the greatness of God. And when I find that freedom to proclaim the greatness of God, that lets me know that I broke through and there's been a new atmosphere set in the home. And it was actually that that thrust me in. And that was a year seminary right there of being in that kind of thing. And I learned to discern breakthrough. And I think, I think many believers, we, we just accept our given situation as the will of God. And I believe that there is a whole greater will of God, and that's called peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. And, and, and praying in tongues brings that realm in in so many ways. So, you know, I've learned it on that as well as many other situations. Tell me briefly about your friend uh, that went to Bolivia and taught the the house group about the value of speaking in tongues, and then the person that died. Yeah, he had come home. He was he had a coworker. He was out in the fields working, and his coworker didn't come to uh, to work that day. Uh, he ended up waiting till the end of the night and saying, "Well, there's something wrong with my friend." Ended up knocking down the door, and his friend had hung himself. So he takes him down from the news, lays him on the ground, and just begins to pray in tongues. And after about so many hours, I don't know, five, six, seven hours, after so many hours, the friend just sets up, but he's still not breathing. So the, the guy just keeps speaking in tongues. And after a few more hours, the breath of life enters back into him, and he's completely raised from the dead after hanging himself. And all the guy knew, the guy couldn't even read the Bible. He didn't know anything. He hadn't been saved that long. They just said, pray in tongues. And this guy said, that's what I'm going to do until my friend's raised from the dead. And he did it, and his friend came back from the dead. It's amazing of just the simplicity and the purity of that kind of faith. And I believe that's what praying in tongues brings in. And it was after that experience that he came to a saving faith in Jesus. After seeing the power of God released, it was then that he gave his life to Jesus. Uh, my guest is Red Hot from the Messiah. His name is Corey Russell, and he has found the transformation benefit of praying in tongues. Uh, he's not quite where Paul is. He doesn't pray more than any man, but he's pushing it. Am I right, Corey? I'm trying to. Yeah. Okay. Well, t- now I want you to speak to someone that loves God with all of their heart, and they have been prayed for to speak in unknown tongues, and it's never happened, or others that have never been prayed for even to speak in unknown tongues. I want you to teach them for a few minutes and then pray for them right here on the air. Oh, you got it. Oh, first thing I want you to understand is that you are loved by God and that you are born again. You will never die, and that you're going to live forever with him. And it's his desire for you to have everything that he's given you. Right now, you have all of the life of God living on the inside of you. And as we come before the Lord to seek him and to ask him for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in tongues, what I love to tell people is just to take a deep breath, chill out, calm down, and just lean back. Many many people get into a striving mode when it comes to receiving uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We get into striving or thinking we're going to work it or that we've got to do something. I want you to know right now that you don't have to work for gifts. It's called the gift of the Holy Spirit, 
And you don't work for gifts. You receive gifts. So I even, even right now, I want you to even just take a posture, a deep breath, and begin to say, Lord, I want to receive this gift. You don't have to earn it or strive for it. And the other, there's another group out there that says, well, I only want the real thing. I'm going to sit down here, shut my mouth, and wait for God to descend down upon me, open up my mouth, and begin to move my tongue. Well, nothing in the kingdom works that way. Everything in the kingdom moves by faith. God starts, you step out, and he increases. It's the same way it is with prophesying, is that he'll give you a picture, you share the picture, and many times he'll give you more once you share the picture. So it is with receiving our prayer language, receiving the gift of tongues. What's going to happen here in a little bit is we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. You're going to ask him to come. And when he does, you're going to begin to feel a rising up of the Holy Spirit within you, like a rushing river from within. And as he begins to move on the inside of you, it's at that moment where you begin to step out and speak as he gives you utterance. Begin to speak. It may sound dumb. It may sound little. It may not sound like much, but I promise you, that if you're faithful just to speak what comes out, I promise you the floodgates will open up over your life, and he will transform your life. So that's the two big things that I hit, and, and, and many times is that we want to take that posture and say, Lord, I want all that you have. Luke 11, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And we're going to ask him right now. We're going to ask him to fill us with the Holy Spirit. We're going to ask for all that he has in the Holy Spirit. If you've ever stood against the move of the Holy Spirit and called the things of the Holy Spirit the devil, ask him to forgive you right now. If you've ever had a father or a grandfather or somebody in your downline that have said that the Holy Spirit and the move of the Holy Spirit is of the devil, forgive them, bless them, and cut off that generational curse that may be coming on your life and ask God, saying, Lord, I love Holy Spirit. I want all that Holy Spirit has for me, and I want to speak in tongues. I want to glorify you through this glorious language. And I'd even invite you right now, if that's you, go ahead and do that right now before we ask. And as you release that and speak a blessing over your line, the power of God will flood into you. So this is what I want us to do right now. Even as you've heard this, it is the gift. It's not a mean. It doesn't mean... You don't have to speak in tongues to be saved, but it is a gift that he wants every believer to have. I'm talking about that personal prayer language between your spirit and the spirit of the living God. Those divine mysteries coming out of you, that is your inheritance. So I want you to open up your hands wherever you're sitting at right now, like you're receiving a gift. Just close your eyes, and I want you to repeat this prayer right after me. And I want you to speak it right to your Father in heaven and, and believe that you've received as you pray it. Okay, just repeat after me. Just say, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I want to speak in tongues. I want to prophesy. I want the life of the Holy Spirit to rush out of me. I want everything that you have, Father. And in the name of Jesus, I receive the Holy Spirit right now. Now, Father, right now, just release the, the Holy Spirit right now to every listener right now. Those who are listening, I just say right now in the name of Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Release the life of God into your bedroom, into your car, 
into your living room, wherever you're at right now, I speak, be filled with the Holy Spirit. The name of Jesus, be filled right now. Now, we want to just wait for a moment or two in the Holy Spirit. I love to wait because you just so, just keep your eyes. Now, as you begin to feel him rising up within you, just step out. Just step out. It may be one syllable. It may be a, a whole bunch of phrases. Just begin to speak what comes out of you. And, and don't stop. The devil will tell you it's dumb or it doesn't make any sense. Tell him that he's a liar and keep doing it. Just keep doing it. As you keep doing it and do it bolder and louder. I'd encourage you, if you're getting even something filled right now, do it louder. Do it where you can hear yourself and where there's ownership. The devil is a liar, and I bind all of his lies in Jesus' name. Just continue to do it even more, louder, right now. Just begin to speak it right now to the throne. Just lift your hands right now to him and begin to praise him. Acts 2, they were declaring the marvelous works of God. And right now, out of your spirit, I say, release that river in the mighty name of Jesus. This is what I'd encourage you to do is keep doing that. Just stay in this posture as we, we keep doing this. And I'd encourage you that, that you just get in your room, get alone in those alone times, and just keep just building this reality, building this reality and asking him. It's not a one-time filling. Ephesians 5 says, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't want badges. We don't want dried-up memorials. We want fresh rivers of God flowing in us and through us until the day that we see him. Well, let's pray in tongues right now, Corey. Uh, you know what I find, Corey, that many times when something is finished by the Spirit in a good way, I'll start laughing in tongues. My tongues is literally laughter. Have you ever heard of that before? <laughs> oh, I, I experienced the same thing, Sid. It's amazing. I mean, that's how I know I've, that, that, that I've, I, I've accomplished what God wants, wants us to do. Now, you call praying in tongues, you, you equate it almost to Jacob's ladder. Oh, yeah. Because it, you know, it, it's about building. It says building yourself. The famous verse, Jude 20, building yourself. When we pray in tongues, we're actually building ourselves into a holy house into that divine gate. And I always think of, and this is the way that I've found it in my experience, Genesis 28, Jacob's ladder from earth to heaven. And that we found in Christ that Jesus is Jacob's ladder and that what happens when we pray in tongues is we connect into Christ. And what we begin to see is the atmosphere of heaven will open up over our life. And we begin to experience that Jacob's ladder of the angels, of the supernatural, of the realm of faith, and, and that's what, what, what I experience, and I, you can feel it. You will learn to discern that open heaven reality over your life. Well, I, I find in my early days as a believer, I prayed hours and hours in tongues, and what I believe is I was prophesying my future, and what I'm experiencing today was because of the hours and hours I prayed in supernatural languages. I found the same thing. I believe that I'm literally... That mystery realm, when a man speaks in tongues, he speaks mysteries 
I believe that I'm actually declaring my prophetic destiny over my life. It's the revelation of Him, God, and the revelation of who I am in Him. And I'm calling forth those things that are not as though they are, and I'm calling them into manifestation. What do you mean by mysteries? Mysteries. I would call them hidden truths. Truths about God, truths about ourselves, truths about people that are in need. And that as the Spirit is praying through us, I believe revelation, like a fire hydrant, is coming out of us and saturating the atmosphere around us. And I mean, meaning that we're, we're actually uh, preparing atmospheres of revelation around us and that, I, that we actually step into them. We take the Word of God and we take those, those whispers, and, and that, that's the mysteries. The mysteries aren't hidden from us. They're hidden for us. Whoops, we're out of oh. time. If you enjoyed this special CD and you would like to find out more about our other mentoring tools or watch or listen to our archives of our TV or radio broadcast, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org.